Welcome back to another episode of the Summits Podcast. Wherever you guys are listening in or are YouTubers out there, um, if you are on YouTube and you haven't subscribed, shame on you. Please do so. Uh, we could use all the additional likes, subscriptions, etc. Uh, today, we are having another powerful guest, uh, Miss Melanie Brewer. Comes from Carmel, Indiana, mm-hmm. as we, we were discussing. Uh, but we'll let Mel kind of give herself her own introduction so welcome to the Summits Podcast. Thanks for having me. Why don't you kind of give us a quick background on who Melanie Brewer is? Well, um, that's a great question and a very <laughs> difficult answer. It's a lot bundled in that, um, right? <clears throat> you know, i born and raised in Indianapolis. Um, you know, I have family kind of all over Indianapolis area, West Side, grew up Ben Davis, Giants. So I still have side, some <laughs> still have What's some West Side blood in me. Uh, sisters are out there playing field, or I guess Brownsburg and Avon. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, Dad's South Side, Mom Speedway, kind of all over. And uh, so, okay, real quick, yeah, Mom Speedway. It's well, as the time of this recording, April twenty first. Yeah, yeah. close to May. Very oh. close. She just moved to Speedway too, so she's okay. in for a. And for a surprise. Yeah. Are you, guys, are you guys race fans or? Yeah. Okay. I mean, gosh, yeah. Indianapolis West Side. I mean, yeah. Ben Davis is right next to Speedway. So right, we yeah. grew up going to the race and. Instead of school? What? <laughs> what? Speedway? No, going, going to the track instead of going to classes. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. You're in a safe space. <laughs> yeah. I would have been disappointed if you said we never did that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'll keep that between me and. <laughs> right. Um, so do you have a, you have a guaranteed parking spot then? Right? right, with your mom being yeah. there, right? Yeah, so you can easily get to the track. Then Definitely. you don't have to fight all the Good traffic point. and everything. Yeah. And Georgetown was a you know a, a frequent place yeah. that we would visit as huh? as high schoolers, and <laughs> you know always try to find trouble over there. It was, yeah, it was easy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, Indiana State grad um, moved back to Indianapolis area up north to obviously find um, opportunities. Um, obviously Hamilton County area and North mm-hmm. Indianapolis, you know, was growing that right. time in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, worked as a server bartender for a while until I fell into the job here at, at the city of Carmel okay. and, uh, been here ever since. Nice. And so, um, obviously that takes up a lot of my time. Um, you said you've been at city hall for how long? 16 years. 16. Yeah. And what, uh, what is it you do there? Community relations and economic development. Okay. So uh, a little bit of everything. That's, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> sounds like a very broad uh, it is. skill set. But it's great for me, though, because I get bored really easily. Okay. And so that no two days are ever ever alike. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get to be a little creative and also get out and meet a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm very much an extrovert. Most of the time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's it's been a really fun job just seeing Carmel grow and yeah. being a part of that, having a little piece of I'm that. I'm sure so. you've seen a huge change in the last 16 years from the first yeah. project that you're on to whatever project you're working on now, right? Yes and no. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like a change as in landscape, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it's this is something that the mayor has been building 
internally for years. So okay. it's yeah. it's fun to see that plan actual come actually come to fruition, you know, yeah. and and be a small part of that. So yeah. it's been exciting. So um, beyond my job, you know, I've uh, married. I was married for a couple of years. I was with my um, husband for almost 10, 11 years. We met through mutual friends uh, through college. So we okay. actually went to school together, but didn't know each other until after and, and met through some mutual friends and yeah. um yeah. Well that makes for a interesting segue um as we like to uh ask most of our guests. Melanie, what is your cancer story? Well, um my husband was diagnosed just a few months after we were married. So it was um nineteen, two thousand nineteen in April. Okay. And um we were visiting family in Arizona. And uh, we had just walked from his parents' house down to his grandparents' house, just a couple of houses down in this retirement community in Arizona. Um, and we get, we're packing to leave the next morning. And he has um, what I thought looked like textbook stroke and um, just kind of went numb and straight in one arm and just would Mel, Mel, you know, he was like, he knew something was going on. Um, fell to the bed, luckily, and um, seized a little bit. And I rolled him over and called 911. And um, they got there very quick. I mean, we were in a retirement community. Uh, he just had turned 40. Um, and so we were rushed to the hospital, spent a couple nights there. Um, finally, the MRI showed that he had a brain tumor. And um, so we were woke at 2 a.m. to transfer him to another hospital. Um, you know, at that point you just listen to the doctors, right? You're just like, I don't really know what's going on. I thought my husband had a seizure or a, a stroke. It turns out it's a seizure. You know, they blamed it on a couple different things actually said, um, it was alcohol induced, which mm. was, um, kind of, you know, it upsets you a little bit because sure. they even yeah. wrote it in his chart just by okay. asking him some questions. And he says, you know, I'm, we drink over the weekend, you know, sometimes I have seven drinks in one weekend and, you know, and so they, um, you know, a lot of just finding out what's going on and misdiagnosed, but, um, needless to say, they, they took us to a new hospital and he's so drugged up the funniest part through all this. He's just light and trying to always make a joke and we're, we're being, he's been carted down the hallway in a stretcher and he's like, it's not a tumor. <laughs> and he's like, uh, to the copter or what is yeah. it? Uh, back to the chopper. Back to right? the chopper. Yeah. Yes. He's like, yeah. to the chopper <laughs> in the hallway. And I'm just like, of course, yeah. this is just, you know, a serious situation, but of course you will find the joke in it. Um, but then what wasn't as funny is that we get back to the hospital and they're like, okay, we're going to do brain surgery. And he's like, I don't live here. We're not. I've already spent two nights in a hospital, two ambulances. Like, I'm not going to do that. So, okay, well, then you should take a helicopter, a medical helicopter home to Indianapolis. And he looked oh, at wow. him and said, I just fucking paid two nights in a hospital and took two ambulances. I'm not paying for a medical, you know, because mm -hmm. he was seizing and they didn't think that he should be on an airplane. And mm -hmm. um, we had to move our flight back a couple of times, finally sitting in the airport ready to, to board the flight. He has another seizure. Um, and it was, it was very minimal. He could tell it was coming on. So he would pull his t-shirt up cause his face would, um, you know, you could just tell. And mm -hmm. he had a very minimal seizure, 
literally while it was boarding, and then we waited till it passed, got on the flight, got home, and the next morning it was doctors and doctors and, you know, um, brain surgery uh, that I will never forget when they they took me and his mom in a room after this. We, the surgeon took me and his mom in a room after the surgery and said, we got as much as we could. There's still some remaining. Um, you know, we're worried that it's finger-like, um, which at that point you just, you confused. You're like relieved that the tumor's gone, but confused because obviously the surgeon wasn't confident that it was all gone. Um, I mean, this happened in really short succession, oh, it, right? It was like... A couple weeks time. <clears throat> okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, and, you know, going through that and then also like trying to do your regular life stuff, mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, it's, it's a very um, tricky situation. And Mark was very uh, private about his diagnosis mm -hmm. and what was going on. You know, he, yeah. he never wanted to be treated like a patient, mm -hmm. right? Um, so that was one thing I always tried not to do yeah. is be strong for him and tr not treat him like a patient. You know, mm -hmm. you want to have normal conversations with someone and not have them looking at you with those eyes and poor you, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, but yeah, cause then the, I'd be out. We, we, like I said, we were just married like a couple months and you'd see people like, how's married life, you mm -hmm. know, newlyweds. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's great, you know, yeah. um, but uh, yeah, so soon after they tested the tumor and it turned out being glioblastoma, um, which the first thing he told his mom is don't Google it, mom, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, which of course everyone is going to do. Um, obviously glioblastoma um, has a very short uh, lifespan, it's mostly found in older adults. Mm -hmm. So it, his age, it was, it's not a common um, thing. So it, to him and, you know, he thought, well, age is on my side. I'm healthy. Uh, I should be able to beat this. And, uh, you know, of course the doctor had positive or at least outlook, but um, again, it's glioblastoma and it's cancer. So it's not curable. And uh, his doctor asked that we, he suggested that we see or um, look into trials and then look into this magnet thing that Mark wears on his head and with a backpack and all of this. And Mark's just like, no, you know, I'm 40. I'm, I want to live my life. I don't want to be on the beach with this magnetic thing on my head and a backpack. Like, I don't want to live life like that. Mm -hmm. Um so as much as I wanted him to do the trials and look into it, um, you know, you have to honor what he wants. So we did, you know, just standard care, um, radiation for six weeks, every day, Monday through Friday. And then um, chemo was oral and he meditated every day. He, you know, he read books and... Um, you know, had this positive outlook. He didn't really change much about his lifestyle for a very long time, and he just pushed through. Um, and then we had to do chemo a second time, 
and then another tumor showed up. So that tumor or that growth, um, we tried oral chemo, and I get the number of how many times he did chemo mixed up because it just all sounds like it's a blur. Mm -hmm. um, when he went to the uh, infusion chemo, that's uh, when things started changing pretty dramatically. Um, he seemed to be, the, for the first time I saw a change in his personality. Um, and you know, when someone's diagnosed with brain cancer, especially being his wife, it's, it was a constant like, did I see something different, right? Mm -hmm. Did I see something in his personality change? And you know, it's like you have normal husband, wife stuff, right? And you're like, well, did we fight because he was feeling this way or did, right. you yeah. know, and you can't help but think about that. And I, I was thinking about that and can't imagine what he, was going through his head. Um, so, uh, you know, when that chemo started getting to him, I, I blamed it on the chemo for a while because you think it's chemo brain, right? He's just kind of out of it. I mean, who wouldn't be when you're going through something that dramatic? Mm -hmm. It's attacking your body, right? Um, so there were a couple months time where um, like things like packing his backpack to go see his parents. He literally put like a T-shirt and a pair of boxers in there and he just was standing in his room and like staring off. And I'm like, you going to get ready? Like what's going on? And, um, and he's never been like, we're very independent. Like we're, we've always done things for ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. But what, when I started noticing that he needed my help, duh, yeah, game over. <laughs> yeah. Um, <sighs> I can tell you that these feelings are, you're not alone because I have, um, a good buddy of mine who I went to high school with, uh, and then a couple years at IU. Um, also, same diagnosis around the same time. I want to say, and I should know this, but um, he was a little older than forty, but you know, 42, 43, 44, somewhere in there. Um, GBM as well, and uh, very similar story. Unfortunately, um, you know, brain cancers, and the docs that are listening can correct me, but like brain cancers are a bitch. Mm -hmm. because that whole blood-brain barrier to to go in and try to actually extract the entire tumor is extremely difficult, yeah, yeah. if not impossible. Um, it's a very aggressive form of a tumor. Um, I know Dave, in his particular situation, you know, they did surgeries, um, <clears throat> did a couple of, I think he did a, did a trial at Duke, mm -hmm. um, but ultimately I think it was about give or take two years, I want to say. Um, and, and he passed, you know, um, so I will, I will actually connect you with his, okay. with his wife to, um, sure. you guys can, you guys can connect. I think that'd be good. Um, but just know that, uh, what, what you're experiencing, um, both now, but also then is yeah. you're not alone. Yeah. And that's a, you know, when you started out, like who's Melanie and I'm like, I don't really know today. <laughs> yeah. And I guess, you know, that's my battle right now is just. You know, it's easy to to fight or flight, right? For me, I've I've I'm a, I'm a strong person, and people just keep telling me how strong I am, which is great, and that's nice. <clears throat> but I'm like deep down inside, I don't feel strong. You know, mm -hmm. um, I don't have a choice but to be strong. Yeah. And 
Mark would want me to be strong. So I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to let anything take me down. I mean, Mark's not here and I am. So I'm the lucky one. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, he's, he's lucky to have had you there helping and being the strong one. I can tell you that. Um, I, I know back in, in my particular situation, I, I've said this before, if, I were still single and in particular, fortunately I was here in, in town where, you know, I was born and raised and had family and friends around, but like, yeah. you know, if I got out of college, let's say I got a job in Seattle and had gone through this experience out there, like, yeah, nothing against Seattle folks <laughs> um, at all. It's a great city, but like to have, to not have that support network, yeah. uh, that would, that would have sucked. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing. And I'm glad you brought that up because he and I, there's no way we would have done this alone and we have the biggest group of people around us that have been just absolutely incredible um friends family strangers colleagues um there's just i mean i had friends open up a fund for me and 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 to help us through things and it's um it's really hard to accept that. I'm a very independent, both of us are very independent. Mm-hmm. So it, it took Mark a very long time to even accept help like that. He refused people to come over and help with the yard and refused any kind of monetary support. And um, it got to a point where I had to sit him down and say, Mark, I have to accept this, that I can't do this alone. Mm-hmm. And um, and he understood, you know, obviously, but it's, it's a pride thing and, uh, you know, all I could do is, you know, help him in the ways he allowed me and go from there. We had a private Facebook page for a very long time that, you know, talked about his diagnosis and, you know, things like that. And there was one time he was like, there's too many people on this page. I don't know. I'm like, okay, I'll go through it and I'll remove people, you know. Mm-hmm. And But it's like I was saying earlier, it's hard being, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not minimizing him having cancer and going through that and feeling and knowing he's going to die one day, but I'm on my end. It was very hard. I needed that support too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like the questions and you know, yeah. Yeah. Hey, how's your marriage? Isn't it great? And I'm over here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, just, yeah. Having that support system was, was important mm-hmm. for both of us. I'm sure. Yeah. 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 So when when did Mark pass? February seventh, twenty twenty two. So shortly after the Heroes Gala, and I know you were there, I believe. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask the the obvious, potentially dumb question. So what what have things been like since February seventh? Um, very, uh, fight or flight. Um, thanks. (laughs) Uh, you know, I, as much as you plan for it, and that's, I think I spent so much time planning, getting 
like my life together and making sure he knew that I was going to be okay. I spent so much time doing that. Um, grieving wasn't my first priority, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, it's been up and down. <laughs> Bit of a roller coaster. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, especially when you know you want to stay strong. And for him and for his family and for our friends, it's, um, you know, being a person that people can lean on, but then also being a person that myself can lean on. And um, so that's been a challenge. Uh, But I also find comfort and just, you know, listening to songs that remind me of him and, you know, for example, I literally parked the car <laughs> when I got here and uh, Tennessee Whiskey came on and mm-hmm. it's one of our songs. Good like, song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good song. And yeah. I literally laughed when I parked and I said, <laughs> okay, Mark, you're here with me. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, just things like that, that give me comfort, yeah. you know, that, um, you know, and a friend the other day, she said, do you ever talk to him? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I mean, kind of, but yeah. she's like, we well, should just try it, you know, just talk to him like he's there, you know? And so yeah. things like that, that I just remind myself to do sometimes when I just, you know, is that, is that what this is? Yeah. So this is, um, again, back to our friends and how amazing of a support group we've had. Um, my friends decided they wanted to make a shirt um, and sweatshirts for them to sell and to raise money yeah. to put in that account that I was talking about. So um, they created this, and it's got. Um, See if I can uh, do this where we can. Yeah. Get an idea what it looks like. I think we can. I'm trying to get. This yeah. The so there. just things like he he drove a um, a Ram truck. So I've got like okay. a Ram up here and uh love is more precious than gold is the uh the song that he and i first danced to at our wedding we got married in the obx um we've got some rams here in the school so the school is is important to us because when we traveled whenever we would go to a new city or place we'd always come back with a sugar school so our house is just decorated in sugar schools like crazy which is which is weird because we started doing that before he was diagnosed with brain cancer Mm -hmm. and um it it just for some reason it started meaning more yeah. to us. Um Indiana Rye is that a Yeah, I think we just kept that old style Indiana Rye on there because uh-huh. it's like that Tennessee whiskey okay. label. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um okay. and then finally Brain Gang. You know who would look good in one of these? What? Chris Stapleton. He would. I should send him Chris. One. Chris. Let us know where we're sending one, we'll get <laughs> yeah, you on. We're there obsessed you. with you. <laughs> Um, I, I'm not necessarily obsessed, but yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, we'll send you a t-shirt or a sweatshirt. Sorry. Yeah, that's a great idea. I should send it. Uh, we spend a lot of time on the water, so that's uh, okay. the anchor. Um, and brain gang. So Mark's brain gang is what we called. Actually, we created that page on Facebook. It was a, just a private group, and we called it Mark's Brain Pain. Okay. And so... Yeah. Um, then once he passed or when he was actually, when he was put in hospice is when they created this shirt. And so we just call it Mark's brain gang. Um, just his, his group of supporters and, um, you know, he, his job, like they bought up hundreds of shirts and sold them. And, 
uh, you know, all ha- all were wearing them around and to the memorial and That's whatever awesome. else. Yeah. So yeah. Where did uh, where did Mark work? So he worked for Industrial Electric. Okay. Or the Central Indiana Alliance. I don't know. There's a couple different okay. terminologies, but uh, yeah. basically, on the um, their job is on the campus of Eli Lilly, mm-hmm. and they work closely with Wilhelm. Uh-huh. So yep. um, you know, he's got lots of crews. He's a safety guy, right? Indiana okay. State safety, okay. so construction right. safety. Okay. Um, so he was a safety director there, and um, his boss Gary was. Shout out, Gary. Miss you. He was. <laughs> Um, incredible through this whole thing and just very supportive and, and made sure that we had what we needed and um, that, you know, he just had a big, huge supportive guys. And uh, even at the memorial, the, the things they came through and said about Mark and um, just, you know, it's just like, it. why don't we say these things when people are alive? How come I didn't know this much about Mark mm. and just how, much people loved him and thought he was, you know, such a stand-up guy. I mean, everywhere from like interns that said, "Hey, Mark, took me out and got me drunk first night, <laughs> first day," and you know, and then to like old retired guys that just hadn't seen him in years, but just always remembered Mark's way. You mm-hmm. know, his sarcasm and his <clears throat> stubbornness, and yeah. you know, so it was, it was, yeah, it was. It's been great. So I know it's still pretty fresh. Um, what kind of advice might you give someone who finds themselves in your situation or the situation that you've experienced? Um, communicate more with your loved one. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I wish I would have done more. Mm-hmm. Um, just also just, um, I don't, I mean, I would honestly just say communicate, take time to talk to each other about how you're feeling. I mean, that sounds so easy mm-hmm. and cheesy too at the same time, but I, I, it, there are a lot of things I wish he and I would have talked about sooner. Um, you know, as much as you want to be strong and you think you don't want to talk about the inevitable death, um, it's going to happen eventually, whether it's from cancer or falling off a bridge. I don't, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, I think it was something that we were both terrified of that we didn't even want to approach that topic, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So it was hard for us to live in that reality um, until it was reality. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, The day he got put on hospice, uh, we came home and I asked him, because I knew that if the doctor saw how quick he turned to say within five minutes walking in the room and saying that there's nothing more we can do, then I knew that it was going quick. Mm-hmm. And I said, when we got home, I asked him about funeral and how do you want to, I mean, I knew that he wanted to be cremated, but you know, we had never talked about, how do you see that day going? Um, you know, what do you want me to do with your ashes after that? You know, things like that. It just um, have a will. Talk about your mm-hmm. estate, where things are going to go. I, I mean, I'm embarrassed to say that I don't even think I asked him, like, life insurance. Like, that wasn't even a, a concern. I knew that I could take care of myself, but at the same time, I, 
you know, it's like when you get that call, like, oh, life insurance, and he has this amount, and you're okay. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It just just talk, communicate. Right. Um, yeah, support, and it is fight or flight. But um, like I'm saying, I don't I, I don't think I took time to grieve as much as I maybe could have. Um, but you know, you I at the same time too, I think we're always guilty of beating ourselves up and saying, "Hey, I could have could have done it this way, should have done mm-hmm. it that way." Yeah. Um, but I. To this day, I find notes around the house that he left about, you know, his, you know, um, how scared he was, mm. you know. And uh, if there's a way that we can help you digitize those, let us know. Okay. Because mm-hmm. that's something that, um, something you should, <clears throat> excuse me, something you need to have copies of, and and just as a insurance policy, so to speak, to digitize it, just, yeah. to, you know, God forbid something would happen to the actual tangible notes. Yeah. That'd be something we mm-hmm. definitely should, should hang on to. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. So what, um, what, what is the best way for someone who wants to get a hold of one of these sweatshirts that they could do so? They can, that's a great question. Okay. They could probably just reach out to um, my, my friend Taylor Rice. Actually, it's her husband Andy. Um, Does he have these up on a website somewhere? We could we could post the link. No. Okay. But we, I mean, we well, maybe could we should do that. Maybe we should. Okay. Yeah. Stay it's, tuned, folks. Yeah. We're going to figure out how to get some more of these made, and we're going to put them up on a site for you guys yeah. to buy. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Um, We'll get one in the hands of Chris Stapleton, and Chris will then put out a message of where you guys can go to get them. I don't know, Chris. I just made that up. Yeah, but we'll try. <laughs> We're projecting it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And see where see where it takes us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Taylor and um, Andy Masari. That's okay. My friends and Melissa and Jason Buttram. They've also been amazing, helping out with um, the fund that um, my friends created for me and. Kevin and Jess Krukeberg. I mean, I I mean, I can literally name so Let's many people that yeah. um, the brain gang, the brain gang, the brain gang. right? And yeah. they, so I mean, brain gangers that are listening. Yeah, yeah. Um, kudos to you guys for sticking by these guys to help them through this. Um, we know that you'll continue to do so because the easy part is when Mark was sick and and in February and March. The harder part is a year from now, two years from now, five years from now. Uh, but we know that the the tried and true crew that help helps their friends out will still be there in the years after. So kudos to you guys, and that's your challenge to still be there a year, two years, five years out. Um, what questions do you have for us? What 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 can what can the heroes do to help <clears throat> to continue to support you guys? Um, you know, keep that. I I love that you have this this podcast. I mean, it's, um, it's hard to have those difficult situate, those conversations, right? Sure. Nobody wants to talk about death and cancer. Nobody wants to cry and grieve openly and in, in public. But, um, I think it's important to make others not feel like they're alone. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Well said. So some of the comments, we don't, we don't receive a lot of comments, uh, <laughs> positive do, or negative, yeah. but we'll take them. Well, they do. They're um, good though. But I will say a few that we've received, p- 
people have said that, you know, thank you for doing this. I find it very therapeutic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. However that means to them. And that's fine because we all know there's, you know, hundreds of types of cancer that everyone's story is a little bit different. Yep. Um, and so if, if we can assist those going through the experience in some way, shape or form, then that's yeah. why we're doing it. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, at, I've had so many people reach out and want to share their stories with me and, and, you know, connect me with people that have been through similar situations. And I mean, I'm sad to say that I haven't really done that. I'm, and may that it's a little bit of my personality type. I'm a, mm -hmm. I'm a little independent and stubborn when it comes <laughs> to things. And I just have to grieve my own way. Um, but I do know that this is something that hits a lot of people. Um, and I won't stop talking about it. I won't let it go because, um, if one day someone needs me, I'll be there, mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah. And like you said, I find comfort that in that, mm -hmm. and it is therapeutic. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Yeah, well, yeah. well said. All right. Well, thank you for yeah, thank sharing you. your story with us today. Yeah. We yeah. appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And thank all of you guys for listening and tuning in. Uh, once again, if you have not subscribed to that channel, Heroes Foundation's YouTube channel that is, please hit that subscription button. Uh, hit the notification bell so when new episodes like Melanie's drop, you guys can make, be made aware. Um, thanks again for your time and beat cancer. <laughs>